0: Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just...
1: Shut up and sit up. down.
0: This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. <laughs> this is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. It's going to be, a. Uh... Interesting show today. We've got a lot of kind of topics that have dominated some of the news headlines this week. Um, have a On a week where
1: we don't have a lot of, of sports. There's not a NASCAR race. There's not any major college football. There's no NFL yet.
0: So it's been the same as it's been for the past two or three months.
1: But there's a lot of things to talk about and a lot of news. Uh, it, it's crazy to me like this is labor day weekend this is where things should be amped up we should be in the you know the startup of sports here we sit with the virus and there isn't any live major sports but by god we got news to talk about muff
0: you mean there's no live major sports. The NBA's on, the NHL's on. There is college football. Golf is at their tour championship. Come on, just because it's not the sports that gym likes doesn't mean there's not sports.
1: You know what I'm talking about. But we're all in bubbles. There's no NASCAR race.
0: Why do you there's keep no... going back to NASCAR as a major professional sport?
1: <laughs> because typically there'd be a race. Typically there'd be, you know, a big college football game nope we got the nba in the bubble we got the nhl in a bubble and that's about all we got okay don't hit me with that golf stuff but let's get to it the tour
0: championship is all i'm gonna say we're gonna get back to this later
1: well get to our first segment sir Jim,
0: jim has hit on it there is college football that has occurred over this past weekend Maybe not the games highlighted that we would like to see, but college football did happen.
1: So. Yeah, here's the here's the highlight. If you we'll just get to the game part of, and then we'll get into bizarro world. Marshall beat the dog shit out of East Eastern Kentucky, and Army beat the dog shit out of Middle Tennessee, and then a bunch of games that nobody really cares about happened. That's what happened in college football game-wise.
0: South Alabama. I would say this is an upset of sorts of Southern Myths. Sure. South Alabama from the Sun Belt taking out a Conference USA Southern Miss. Um, Arkansas State lost to Memphis. Not an upset of any mind, but Arkansas State's been pretty, pretty, pretty stout over the past couple of years. They typically make a bowl, and then you know sometimes they make some noise. But to be honest, I think what was the score of that game? Uh, it was close-ish. It was like it was close-ish. It was, they only lost? They lost by around ten, right? But there is a game on Labor Day. BYU yeah. and Navy, so maybe that'll redeem the college football weekend in some way.
1: I might turn that on, maybe. I may as well. I've
0: yet to watch a college football game, but that might be one I take some time to sit down and watch.
1: I'm not sure I'm gonna this year. I- I'm full blown wake mode which we need to start planning and give the fans a date. But now let's get to bizarro world buff. Um, You want to rip like right into the big 10 or you want to save it for, for the end?
0: Okay. I feel like for the sake of what we have done pretty consistently, let's save the big 10 till the
1: end. Okay. So let's hit, uh, hit some, some low points for everywhere else. Tennessee Volunteers scrapped their practice this week because forty-four players were out. Forty-four players, Muff. That's the SEC. It's not, not looking like a good sign there. Utah furloughed their entire athletic department because their budget is going to be fifty to sixty million dollars short due to the corona. Putting everything on hold. Their entire athletic department furloughed. Wow. All
0: right. That's, that's on. a sta- that's a statement.
1: Uh Georgia quarterback Jamie Newman is decided he's sitting out, getting ready for the draft. It's a big blow to Georgia. Um some brighter spots in around the league around college football the ACC logo was painted on Notre Dame's field how you feel about that Muff I
0: mean sooner or later Notre Dame was going to have to pick a side and I understand that they are part of the ACC this year and we'll see where this ends up but I don't know if that's where Notre Dame wants to end up in life
1: it's an odd sight to see that logo painted on the field that's all I'm saying Another odd sight, obviously, like we just talked about, there were games this weekend, so you had game day, right? Lee Corso did game day from home with cardboard cutouts of everybody else from game day. You know what that made me feel, Muff? Sad. It made me feel sad, Muff.
0: But that, that to me, it seems how I would expect Lee Corso to be involved in this right now. Like, I can't see him doing anything different in my mind, like it's going to be something nuts. So it's going to be crazy. He couldn't just be by himself. He had to. He had to create an atmosphere for him to be a part of.
1: I agree, and it's nice and a warm gesture. But still, like I want the fanfare. I want the mascot helmet. I want my college football back, Muff. All right, this is going to happen a lot, okay? Every if we do these college football updates every week, I'm just going to be a bitter guy. Anyway, the Big 12. Now, this is a little bit of interesting news, Muff. The Big 12 says you, ha- you have to play with 53 players and that's at least seven offensive linemen, four down linemen on the defense, and one quarterback or you forfeit. There have to be 53 players. You have to have 53 players or you forfeit. That was the big headline. That was the big article, and I thought, well, they're getting kind of extreme. You have to dig deep into the article. They've afforded teams two by dates, so obviously, like, you can move around if your team's been hit with corona, and they've been able – they've set aside a date to move the championship game. So, yes, while they've set this roster that you have to have or you forfeit, they've also given some breathing room in between games. And the ACC is looking to do the same thing. So I thought it was interesting that they're saying they're putting some hard stops here if Corona gets to a team. I don't nothing out of the SEC, but that tends to be the SEC.
0: Yeah, I don't see the SEC getting too crazy by putting together a whole bunch of information or restrictions in that way because they they're going to play in so much as is possible. If there are thirty guys on a roster, the SEC is going to be like, "Well, you got to figure it out, guys."
1: Well, if there, how many guys are on a starting are on a team? Ninety-nine, right? There's well eleven on the field at any given time. And but I think the roster, roster limit,
0: can have up to I want to say ninety-nine is about correct.
1: Well, plus, Tennessee just lost forty-four this week, so. In that situation, they still have 55 left. Right. If they lost, you know, a couple more guys, and they would have to use the bye week. If things didn't continue to get better, they'd have to use another bye week. I would hope after that, things would be fine in that scenario.
0: The SEC also does not start right away either. They don't start – until september 26th right so 44 44 players down two weeks from now which is that typical time you're, you're the 20th right year. so they've got a whole week at that point to still prepare so at this point they may be pulling the i don't i'm not going to say it's the saving strategy but uh, if everybody
1: gets it then yeah, it's gonna tennessee's be good. doing the herd mentality
0: yeah let's, so let's get it all tennessee's out of the good for the season yeah, at this point, it's, it's going to be tough for them not to be good for the remainder of the season, because if they got 44 down, who knows how many were already exposed prior to this point. Right.
1: So, unless you have other news, we'll uh, rip into bizarro land, the Big Ten.
0: Only that the ACC is starting on September 10th. Miami and Florida is playing UAB in their opening game. The Big 12 starts on Saturday, September 12th with the full slate of games. And like I said, the SEC starts on September 26th. So starting this upcoming week, there will be a larger selection of games to tune into, um, which will make it feel a
1: little more normal,
0: um, at least in the way of there are multiple conferences playing games. There will be marquee matchups within conference. And there's at least going to be you know, a primetime matchup to get excited for if you really want to get into it. So, um, at least there's going to be some normalcy coming back starting this week.
1: Sure. Sure. For all of you non-Big Ten fans or Pac-12 fans, I hope you enjoy your quasi-football season. Us normal folks who are getting gypped, we are now in bizarro land.
0: Takeaway Bizarro Land
1: 2.0 featuring Kevin Warren. So, I don't even know which fact to start with. Let's start with the fact that Penn State's Director of Health or Director of Athletic Medicine, Wayne Sebastianelli, was quoted as saying 30 to 35% of Big Ten athletes had heart muscle inflammation or myocarditis. He said that to a board of education. He then followed it up in an email with the same information. Well, of course, once that information leaked and the sky was falling, Penn State Health, I want to make sure I get this right, Health board sends an email out clarifying he actually meant to say fifteen percent of Big Ten athletes have myocarditis. Okay. Let's go with did are we saying that Kevin because I'm not saying his last name. I don't think he deserves it right now. Did Kevin base his decision based on the Penn State study? Which number did he base it on?
0: In the Penn State study, was all Big Ten athletes?
1: That's what this is. This director is indicating. How did how did this uh, Penn State study get all of those athletes together for the study? Is beyond me. Well,
0: you've got to understand the nature of studies. Typically, not every student athlete, or in in a study, it's typically not everybody. It's pulling a demographic out. Maybe if they can get two or three people from each sport at each school, and then just expanding that out. It's not likely that every student athlete in the Big Ten over fall <coughs> into sports was tested or provided information to this end. Um, sure. You'd have to see the how the study was conducted. You know what was the the error percentage, but. 35 to 15 seems like a pretty large discrepancy. Wait a minute.
1: Wait a minute. You mean we'd have to dig into the study, be presented information, and then, you know, base our opinions and ideas off of actual card fact? There would have to be
0: some reliable information and data finding, yes.
1: Huh. (laughs) That's not going to happen in Kevin's world, so (laughs) we'll move on. My whole point to this study is, number one, He said it twice. He even backed it up in writing. And then another email came out cutting it in half. That's odd. And then I want to know if Kevin used this information. Because Michigan, which we'll get to a little bit later. Who? Michigan. I'm going to say Michigan. You said the name. Yeah, because their name needs to be just put out there. Okay? Michigan. Because those guys – are on my list, and not for the Ohio State rivalry, but they're on my list. We're going to get to it. But Michigan was doing the chest x-rays, doing the testing for myocarditis on all of their football players. They found nothing. So if Penn State did a study and a third of them had this, they weren't coming from Michigan. Apparently not. All right. So, another part of bizarro world.
0: I was, I'm waiting, I was waiting for a comment of Michigan players have, have no, don't have big hearts and they don't have a heart or something like that. Nope, I'm not going to trash them for, yet, I, was, I was waiting for it. I was a Not going to trash day. them.
1: Nope, not going to trash them. Not going to hit on them yet because there's some information that we're going we're to get to. But another part of bizarro world, um, Mr. Donald Trump, President Trump, calls Kevin. I don't know. We can explain the motive if you want, whether it was to encourage him to, Hey, Kevin, get on the ball here and let's present facts to people or, Hey, Kevin, start up the football. But he calls Kevin and both he and Kevin say it was a good talk. This is where it gets kind of crazy from that talk. Information just starts to leak, like it has. Does it leak from Kevin? No, because Kevin is a god. is a steel trap of information. He didn't let anything go. We should give I, our I appreciate that about Kevin.
0: Kevin. I appreciate that about Kevin. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Information starts to leak out of the Big Ten. Number one, we get some revelation about how the schools voted. And turns out, 11 schools voted to postpone slash cancel, and three did not. You want to know who those three were? Uh, If I had to
0: guess, they come from the states of Michigan, Illinois, and Maryland.
1: Maybe Nebraska. Uh Uh-oh. The the three that voted to post that voted not to postpone.
0: The three that voted not to postpone. Yeah. Yeah. the The guess is they come from the states of Michigan, Illinois, Maryland, or Nebraska.
1: No. Not to postpone. Ohio. State. Nebraska. Iowa. That's it. And if all, for all of our listeners who've heard the saga and have maybe followed Twitter, if you all remember the story. When we first broke the news that we were going to end the Big Ten season, there were three coaches, four coaches. I'm sorry, Scott Frost, I forgot about you. There were four coaches clamoring that they were sticking up for their players and they were not going to let this happen. Those four coaches, James Harbaugh, Ryan Day, Mr. Franklin out of Penn State, and Scott Frost. Two of those schools voted no, and two of those schools went with the crowd. Harbaugh and Franklin, your presidents did not listen to you, okay? Okay. Just saying. That's a problem for me. Why is that a problem? Because the presidents and the coaches are not jiving. That means they're leaving their coaches out there on an island. You either shut your coaches up and don't let them talk. Or you back your coach.
0: What if the coaches don't want to shut up, Jim? What's the option then? You fire them?
1: Well, quite frankly, James Harbaugh probably should be fired for his performance. (laughs) And there are days where Franklin's not far behind him. Oh, okay. Hey, I I know you're a Penn State fan and I don't hate them, but I've texted you with some of his decision-making. And you've agreed at times.
0: Just because I've agreed doesn't mean I think the man should be fired.
1: Well, if he's going to go against the president, maybe he should. We're moving on. Okay. So President Trump has this conversation. And there's whispers of a revote. Okay. Whispers. And there's protests. There's a protest at the horseshoe here in Columbus. There's protests in Michigan. And you know who joins the protest muff? Jimmy Harbaugh. He comes out and he joins the team in Michigan and the players and the parents and he wants to play too. So he's staying on message and they ask him, have you talked to the president? He says, nope, not directly, but I've texted him. (laughs) Well, there's dysfunction at the junction here. Why haven't you talked to the president? Because apparently he doesn't uh, agree with you. Turns out you know what's holding up the re-vote that was supposed to happen on Friday, Muff?
0: What's that, Jim?
1: The president of Michigan. He's saying, rumored, whispered, that if you dare have this vote, I promise you I will not have Michigan play football We will sit out the season, and you will not have your Michigan-Ohio State game that brings you millions of dollars. You will not get your game. So they didn't have the vote because, God forbid, they start that conundrum where everybody in the league but Michigan comes to the table, and our storied history game does not happen. And you know who comes out of Twitter? Mr. Donald Trump he says well maybe the big ten should go uh without schools like michigan uh maryland and he illinois. said one more school illinois don't the why illinois, michigan, michigan, illinois michigan, got michigan. wrapped in there
0: yeah, well we all this that's the political angle of this it's michigan illinois maryland are the states that donald trump is assuming we're not assuming, but is saying, should not be involved in the Big Ten schedule. That's very politically uh, motivated, but we stay out of politics as much as we can in here. But so he's very not happy with those governors. It's a, that's a governor situation for Trump.
1: Got it. Got uh, it. That's,
0: we'll again, stay away from politics. We're, we're staying away from politics, but it is a very politically charged statement that's going on.
1: So, all of this roots back to, and here it comes, Muff, here comes my hammer, buddy. You know what's screwing up Big Ten football right now? Michigan. Michigan. (laughs) So if somebody says, you from Ohio, why do you hate Michigan? This is it.
0: Okay. To be fair, I don't disagree that this is obviously putting a monkey wrench in what could be. But a revote happening does not mean there's going to be football.
1: I agree. And I I take – I'm taking lighthearted jabs at Michigan. Yeah. This is, I don't believe this is Michigan's fault. If they have a principle and, and they want to stand by it because they believe COVID is the reason they should not be playing good for you. Cause I'm sure you have way more information than Kevin.
0: <laughs> These research-based institutions probably do have a lot of science-based actual evidence supporting claims why they should not be engaging in sports activities right now i have to imagine that kevin at the big 10 commissioner's office is not necessarily sitting there with a research-based institution in at his disposal like these coaches athletic directors and presidents have and i think that the biggest issue i have right now with coaches being the spokespeople that you're seeing come out right now is where are the athletic directors You're literally taking an entire piece of this chain of command out of...
1: Out, out. exactly.
0: That's who should be talking to the president. That should be coming out having press conferences. The coaches should be there to support the players and put them in spots, to continue to be successful student athletes, student athletes first, and doing what they can while the athletic directors are the ones sitting in the trenches taking grenades. Like, that should be an athletic director's position and the president should be the one that make the vote and then take the heat in the end. That took how this process should go. And the athletic directors, I think, are failing these
1: schools and these football programs. I live by the principle, so goes the captain, so goes the ship. And the captain of the Big Ten, Mr. Kevin, it is your responsibility to have all of your people on the same page. And if you can't get all this in line, you're the wrong man for the job. We need a wartime president. You ain't it. Kevin is not that guy.
0: And we I think we do have to realistically come back to the fact that Kevin also has a son that plays college football in a conference that is going to be playing football. And I do feel like there is a unique conflict of interest in what is going on in his world right now. Um, mm-hmm. That does not, I think, discredit his opinions or put – what he is doing in an odd light. I just think it's a reality that it's he's in a tough spot personally and professionally to, to be the guy. Um, And if that's the case, well, maybe it's time to step down for some period of time, but also that creates a bad visual of, Oh, this is, everything's in hot water right now. And the commissioner steps down like, okay, then you have, Oh, well, the president must have made this happen and there's all the conspiracies that come out. I, yep. He's in a no-win situation, which you typically are in a commissioner role. Like you can't make yep. everybody happy, so you've just got to make the best decision, run with it, and let the chips fall where they may, and just embrace whatever role you are, whether it's the white knight
1: or the bad guy. You've got to just be that guy. And that's it. I, every episode, it feels like, or every other episode, I've brought this up. You made a decision, good, bad, or ugly you did it poorly, but ride the thing out. stand by what you what you said and own it And in this situation, this information leaking out, this possible revote, even this conversation with, with Donald Trump you're like you're opening this door this even a crack and saying oh we may have football last week we even said, there might be football after the election. Now there might be football, but now Michigan might not play. You are allowing this information to leak out, and it's hurting your credibility every single time. You said no football. You're postponing. Stand by that and stay rock strong. It's your fault. Now, I want to end this segment, unless you have anything else, Muff. I want to Take end this Take it away. Segment. On a very bright note, so if anybody is watching the Iowa game, you know, have you seen – you've seen Penn State go to Iowa. Ohio State goes to Iowa. It's never a good time for Ohio State because they always get upset. But at some point in the game, the game pauses for a moment, and both sides, all fans, wave to the children at the children's hospital that next to the stadium because the, the children's hospital overlooks the game. Obviously, I was a Big Ten school, and this would not happen this year. But fans or slash staff and a mascot went to the stadium during the day, stood in the middle of the field, and waved to the, fan, or waved to the kids this week. And that, to me, was a good move. So, good on you, Iowa. Don't let the corona stop this tradition. This is cool.
0: Iowa for the win. Iowa for the win in the Big Ten
1: this week. Good for you, Iowa. So, that's uh, Bizarro World College Football.
0: This past Thursday, we had our sports stuff – Fantasy Football League
1: Draft. And oh, what a time we had. Man. So I was sitting there with Joe, my wife, trying to do this draft. This was Jordan's, Joe, her first draft. And trying to explain it all. I'm sitting at 10. She's sitting at 9. I don't know how that worked out, muff. Comish.
0: Hey, the commiss the commit just sets the draft time. Yahoo does the magic from there.
1: That was very stressful, let me tell you.
0: Let I, me tell I, you. I empathize you having to talk somebody through a fancy football draft while drafting at the same time.
1: She did good. She took a couple of my players that I wanted.
0: And I'm sure that there was colorful language in the household.
1: There was. you know, And the baby woke up in the middle of it, so she had to like leave the room, but... You know, so I had to help her get the person she wanted. But man, that was that was a lot of stress. We, our draft, we both ranked C's. We were at the bottom of the barrel, as you kindly pointed out.
0: I like to make sure that people feel updated on the the status of the league. I bet you too.
1: What was uh, your grade,
0: Muff? I I was at a B. I was like third third or fourth. I mean. I was right. I was with somebody else in that B range. Um, we it was it was a good draft. I think overall it was quick. We had one at, so, yeah. one one minute for each pick, which yeah is I mean that's reasonable. You can go two to three minutes, but then the draft takes a long time to me if people aren't like on top of it. So it lasts a little over an hour for us. Which, I mean that's I think that's a, a fair amount of time. It can get stressful towards you know, those middle rounds and then, and usually late people are just like, ah, I just want to get out of here. And they just start picking people. I don't think much about it. Be included a lot of the time. Um, just to break down some of the, the key highlights or the highlights that I think are key. I'm sure you may, okay. have, you have, may have additional ones, Jim. Um, again, Yahoo rated the draft. Um, Hughes, Hughes legit team got the the best Yahoo rated draft in, in the A range um, as Jim pointed out, I was I was in that third that third place range. Um, the constant household brought up the rear. Um, yeah, Jim, you did not get your favorite defensive player. I did not. I did not. That was stolen from you. It was. And and an arrangement that I will say I wish I had orchestrated, but I did not orchestrate this at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, I ended up. Ended up getting the second best Watt. You got which Watt? The second best Watt. And you know why I did that?
0: So that when he is the best Watt this year, you can have a win-win situation? That. Because he was the best Watt last year, so
1: one would assume he's probably going to be the best Watt again this year. I did that under the advice of my wife as well. So I can say, well, my wife made me do it.
0: We've already come to realize that your wife does more research than you do on these topics. So
1: exactly.
0: I would take her advice over yours right now. Yeah. Um, And in a very, very, to me, unusual course of events, the Compton household only drafted one former Ohio state Buckeye. Indeed. Only one. I don't know how that happens. I don't know why it happened, but apparently pride was set aside for a second and there was some actual forethought to your
1: picks. No, no, no. (laughs) See, you guys all uh, week with your trash talk were we're talking so much smack about how we were going to take all these Ohio State players. But when I went to go get at least two or three of them, they were gone. Mm. Which is very interesting because you all talk trash on them. Oh, no, no, no,
0: To be fair, I've never talked trash on the players. I talk trash on the value you put on the players and that I was assuming that you were going to reach higher in the draft than they actually needed to be picked.
1: It's, it's kind of funny when I'm sitting at 10, my wife's at 9, and we both try to go get the guys and they're gone.
0: Well, I want to know who you were trying to get. If it was I'm Michael really Thomas, weird. Michael Thomas was not going to make it to you at 9 or 10. There's one. He wasn't gone. making it to you. If he did, everyone else in front of you screwed up.
1: Gone. Okay. Give me and another example. F- and to be fair, Pat, Pat McHolmes Went number one overall. Which he should not have gone.
0: I agree. Burns and Nader, I think, reached for that one.
1: Should not have gone.
0: I was I, I, So I picked second. I was more than happy to be able to take Christian McCaffrey with number two overall in this draft. More than happy. Didn't think I was going to get that opportunity.
1: Then there was uh, J.K. Dobbins. I tried to go get. He was gone. Gone. Let's see who got him. Hold on. I know who got him.
0: Gone like a freight train. Gone like yesterday.
1: Somebody got him. Um. There was another receiver.
0: Was it Ted Ginn? I sure no,
1: no, no, no. There was another receiver, rookie receiver. Gone. I mean, it was ridiculous. And everybody, because I sat at nine, or, or Joe sat at nine, and I sat at ten. Poof. So every time, and it, they were at rounds they should have went at. But you guys got them first. So the only real pick that I got, Mr. Haskins.
0: (laughs) Who we all assumed Jim was going to get anyway.
1: And I did that just for fun.
0: In my mind, there was no way that anybody but Jim was going to take Dwayne Adams.
1: Yeah, I did that for fun. Do I think he'll ever play on my team? No. I'll probably drop him next week.
0: But. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I'm not going to say the man has no value. I'm just going to say don't overvalue him.
1: Yeah. But it was a good draft. I had fun with it. My team, I think my team will be okay. going to need a little bit of work. Yep. Uh, I had an, one auto draft that who, I want to bring up. Who, who was
0: the auto draft? I didn't know this happened.
1: Uh, yeah, David Montgomery from the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, that was an auto draft. <laughs> I, I stayed real quiet about it. But I will let the fans know. But that was an auto draft. Hey, was if, super if that turns out to be it. a good, if that turns
0: out to be a good pick for you, we should just strike this from the record later on.
1: Oh no, I'm gonna hang on to it. I'm gonna own it. That was one of those. Uh, uh, Joe left to go handle the baby. I was, you know, in charge. So that got auto drafted because she came back. She's like, "What am I gonna do? What did I miss?" And I was like, "Ah." Uh. So I started worried about her next pick. <laughs> And because she was after me. Right. And poof.
0: There you go. That's how you get David Montgomery. Yep. So I I do want to call attention. We've got week one coming up. So we expect the league members to engage in on the Twitter, on the Twitter sphere. Um, Yeah. Also within our league. So there are options for each league member to go in and pick who they think is going to win each matchup. So those are some options that could be fun. Um, And just some matchups that I want to strike into, which is more about who you and I are playing in Jordan as well. I'm taking on at Scott LaRock. My team, Pine Riders Anonymous versus uh, 40 Ounces to Freedom, a very original name. Never heard that Mm -hmm. one before. Um, That's a joke, by the way. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Scott. I had to, had to toss you under the bus on that one. Um, We've got we've got Jordan, the average Joe's. <laughs> oh, she's punny. Um, <laughs> going up against the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. a very uh, a very big big Nate inspired nickname that I believe was originally originally came from uh, the Pat McAfee show. So he's he's taken some good inspiration there. Um, at this point. We may need to keep adding on to that name the more free agents they pick up, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Jim, the Bucketville Butchers, is taking on a recent guest to the show, Aaron, the Wakandian Warriors. Um, Jim, I just want you to explain to the fans why the name Bucketville. I feel like it's worth uh, worth an explanation.
1: So Bucketville was a... uh, You ever hit that wall... Where you just want to give up and you just don't care anymore?
0: Yes. Yes, I have.
1: Well, I named that spot Bucketville because I I gave into that a couple times in my younger career. And I would just go to my apartment after work. I would put a bucket on my head and I would blow bubbles with with my friends. a, A friend in particular, Mr. Turd, that was his name. And we would just blow bubbles and we would call it Bucketville and we would just give up for a moment. So that's why I called my team Bucketville.
0: And there we go, ladies and gentlemen, you now have seen into the inner workings of Jim's head, his brain, <laughs> what happens when he hits that spot, the give up yep. spot, the, the give up, up spot, spot, as we call it. But that is population Jim in Bucketville, whenever that occurs, yeah. So, any parting words this week um, for, for the Fantasy Football League, Jim, after our, after our draft occurred and as we get into week one?
1: Um, I'm not going to win the Kevin. We're naming it the Kevin, right? I feel like we're still,
0: we're still going to have a vote
1: in after week two or three to, to confirm this, but there have,
0: have been minimal other uh, options out there from, from league members. So um, there have been a couple, but most are inspired by the television show The League which I would rather this be something original us. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I'm not coming in last. I know that much.
0: What if you do? I feel like, I feel like we need to make a pact amongst each other. If one of us, I don't, Jordan, Jordan's okay. I don't want to make a bet with her because that's, that's her life between you and I, if one of us comes in last place, I feel like we have to do something additional to shame ourselves.
1: If I come in last, if I come in last, I will, uh, I will admit who the, better, who the best Watt is.
0: Okay, and that better not be an anticlimactic situation there. We, <laughs> I will. A, okay. If I, I come will, in last, if I come in last, I promise to insert an article of the English language every time I mention Ohio State University.
1: Oh, ooh, that's a good one. I feel like I gotta up mine then. I'll, I'll, I'll tease you. I'll, I'll think of something for next week. Cause yours is good. I feel like I feel like
0: between you and I, that that's that's a legitimate sacrifice for me.
1: It is, it is. That's good. I I'll think of something.
0: Okay. So that, again, is the Sports Stuff Fantasy Football League update. Get ready for regular updates week to week. They'll probably be shorter than this one of us calling out members of the league for poor performance, great performance, or just because we want to chat about you and give you a bunch of shit. So get excited <laughs> and don't be surprised if uh, members of the league get uh, entered into any segments like the good, the bad and the ass had every
1: once in a while. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Now it's time for the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five! Bam! This week, we come to you with a very, very diverse set of topics. Um, touching on spots from the NBA, from the football world, aka soccer, to us uneducated Americans, uh, including myself, in this situation here. We get into horse racing, we talk about the PGA, and then Jim has a special spot. He wants to talk a little bit about some things that Nick Saban was involved in this past week. So yeah. starting out, we're going to get into Steve Nash becoming a head coach and some specific commentary that was offered by Stephen A. Smith through an ESPN broadcast.
1: So this is going to sound very contradictory if you heard last week's episode. Uh, Steve Nash... Player, really good player, gets the Nets job with no coaching experience. It was signed off by Kyrie and uh, KD. So players chose him, got the nod from the players, star players. And it was a big, you know, a big nod for the Nets and it was a good deal. Now, Stephen A. Smith, outspoken journalist, lots of years as a journalist comes on television and essentially calls the fact that this white player got the job over some other player or other coaches calls it white privilege. And it causes a little bit of a, of a stink. It was, it was a big, it was trended. His argument is that it was not not well laid out there. Essentially, the fact that this white player got a job with no coaching experience is white privilege. He later comes on Get Up with Greenberg. And backs, kind of backpedals it and essentially says, I, I'm sorry that the owner had to come out and say it wasn't white privilege um, because the owner's a real nice dude. Um, but in this time of fighting for social justice, essentially it's on the players who gave him the nod because they're black and they should be looking out for black coaches and that this wouldn't have happened. Like this, these opportunities don't happen for black guys, but they have. And so like the fact that I can say they have like, doc rivers and others and he goes on to clarify well they aren't championship caliber they didn't have star players well that's not what you said originally you originally said that it doesn't happen your argument was experience and now you're having to backtrack and say well it doesn't happen because they aren't championship caliber teams the only championship caliber teams go to coaches with no experience because they're white. Well, you're, you're moving the goalposts on your argument. So I think his passion and his purpose of getting more black coaches in a league that's dominated by, you know, not dominated, but is inherently black. They have 60% of their players are black, but a lot of their front office is white. I think that is a noble cause. I agree with that. But if you're going to make an argument, you got to make sure it's the right argument, I think. And I might be wrong, and I might get smacked on the wrist for it. But the way he was fighting and his argument, there were facts that didn't that went against his argument pretty easily.
0: Yeah, I, from my, my perspective, and like you said, I appreciate that Stephen A. Smith, is trying to move this conversation forward. Um, I think that taking this stance with the NBA is the wrong league to make this tough of an argument for in the way of the NBA, which we have discussed many times here and I think is pretty universally recognized as the most progressive league in feeling the need to promote from within and to give opportunities, not just to former players, but in making sure that the league represents in some manner, the, the demographics to which the league is formulated by the players themselves. And it is very evident when you see coaches being hired, you see very often that players are brought into that discussion, openly brought into that discussion that you don't see that necessarily in a lot of other leagues, that open discussion that players are like, yeah, we want this guy. And that the front office, to some degree, listens to it. Um, so I think that's, again, and you saw that players came out and were in support of hiring Steve Nash. Um, and to me, that's, if it's a player's league and the players are going to be given some say about who the coaches are, then, you know, you have to give the credit where it's due to the players that want this person as their coach. Like, you have to just take it for what it is. Um To me, a bigger a bigger conversation that may be there, and I think you hit on a little bit, is if the front offices are primarily white, which is not uncommon in the major professional sports at this point. Again, I think the NBA is the most progressive in this way. Does the NBA have any systems in place, such as the Rooney Rule in the NFL? Is there something similar to that, where positions, not just at the coach level, but also at the front office level, have some requirement to interview persons of color or other minority candidates for these positions, whether that be an under, underrepresented group such as women um, or anything of that nature. Like if they have that in place or it just didn't just happens because the league is that inclusive at this point, then the barriers are not there where they had maybe another major professional sports. So Stephen A coming out and saying this, if these barriers are not overall within the NBA like they are in some of those other major professional sports, then this argument kind of falls on deaf ears to me in the way of, this is just, to me, if in this case, I think this is a, a headline grab and it's a ratings, a ratings ploy for me um, in the way of Stephen A being so adamant of, on this topic, knowing that there are players that were in favor of this. And I think calling out those players is also very unfair um in that way because as players they're looking for championships specifically Kyrie and Kevin they're they, they're not worried about their next contracts as much as some of the other players in the league are they're ma- they're made as far as they've got enough money set aside through their contracts where they're going to be okay um but if they get championships and that can lead to better contracts maybe for them as well as the other players on that team um you know getting some more money down the line so they're looking out for themselves and their teammates i think in the organization so um i just i'm just not on board with Stephen a's how far he took the argument i have no issue with him making this stand and having this this take but i think he just went a touch 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 too far with it
1: again like the style this i don't want to say style the way he made the argument he cited Lu, who lebron picked him Right. And then after LeBron left, he kind of fell apart. Um, he cited Mark Jackson, who hadn't, who hasn't coached since 2014, and he was coaching the Warriors and never made it to a finals. And then he cited Sam Castle, who I think was his, the only legitimate argument, and all Sam Castle's ever been was an assistant. So, I mean, KD and Kyrie, are they going to pick? From those three, are they going to pick Steve Nash, who is, as a as a player, was a winner? I mean, these guys want to win.
0: And Sam Cassell was a winner as a player as well. I mean, he played for the Houston Rockets. Um, <clears throat> was there during a time that they did well? And I know he played. He kind of had a journeyman stage to the end of his career, but he's 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 a well. As far as I can understand, if he's stayed an assistant this long or a respected assistant, he's got to be a respected man in the league. Um, but you don't, you don't know what it looks like on that team is he reached that, that ceiling for him where he's just not a person for a head coaching job. That happens to a lot of people in the assistant role where they've reached right. that ceiling for them and it's kind of just understood like, hey, you're, you're good as an assistant, but we just don't think you have what it takes to be a head coach. And that right. happens to every that happens to a lot of people. It's not just Sam Cassell. There are a lot of people that kind of reach that point of uh, you're either just gonna be happy to be assistant or you keep banging down these doors, you might not have a job anymore.
1: And I would have been okay. I would have this might not have made the t- the fast five had he not come out a day later and retracted quasi retracted his statement and said, Well, it's on the players. It's not on. like, what, what is your argument? Pick your argument and at least fight it properly. And, and to me, he just he – didn't, he didn't fight that argument well. Yeah.
0: Well, <clears throat> we're going to move on from, from that topic and get to a viewer – or not a viewer, a listener-induced um, topic this week. Um, Lionel Messi returning. Hey, Scotty, my boy Scotty. Messi is oh. staying – In Barcelona,
1: Because uh, of money. He didn't want to take his team, his club, to court. That was his logic there, according to what I read. I could be wrong. All I'm going to say
0: is there was much ado from old Scott on this topic. It came out to be much ado about nothing because Messi ain't going nowhere.
1: Well, it's not his fault. Because he wanted to leave. He wanted to go. And then they said, hey, if you want to go, this is going to cost you. And his father, the agent, said, so, oh no. Who has?
0: Who is, that's a contentious relationship as far as right. agent father. There's been some hubbub about that. that's not the best situation for Messi.
1: And father said, that's not true. And the league said, or the team said, uh, "Yeah, it is," and they did a little investigating, and then the only way for Messi to save face once it was turned out to be true was to say, "I don't want to take my team to court. I've played my whole life here. I don't want to take my team to court." Well, it turns out, buddy, if you went to court, you probably would have lost. Not have been good so for old Messi, stayed.
0: although he did pick up no. like an extra million or two followers. After his announcement, which is just insane on Twitter, just to be like, "Oh, I've made a statement, and a million people have decided it's a good idea to start following me now."
1: Yeah, so smart move, probably legally and financially. So good on you.
0: You're gonna come to us with the soccer news in the future, Scott. Please, please, please make it pan out a little bit better in the end. Force.
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: So, from workhorses on the on the pitch. To real horses. We have the Kentucky Derby. The 146th running of the Kentucky Derby. Next on the
1: Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. There was an upset. So the favored horse to win, Tis the Law, came in second. Mr. Big News finished third. And Authentic an eight to one favorite to win the Derby won it his owner or his trainer. I'm sorry. Bob Baffert set a record with this win. He's like one of two, I think. Uh, no, yeah, wait. Yeah. He's one of two to uh, he's the sixth horse trained by Baffert and he ties Ben Jones for the most Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Derby wins by a trainer,
0: Bob Baffert, a legend, a legend in horse racing as a trainer. Apparently, Um, is you you typically that he's one of the people they highlight. You know, all of the fanfare that happens prior to you know the the mint juleps coming on, the the big hats, the whole the whole nine that you've got going on with the Kentucky Derby fanfare. Bob Baffert is typically somebody that they highlight in that you know. 20 to 30 minute coverage before the race, because he is a well-known figure in the racing community. Um, It's just crazy to think that the Kentucky Derby has been going on for 146 times, like 146 issues. Um, Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Do you watch the
1: Kentucky Derby?
0: I did not watch it this past Saturday. I mean, I saw the, I saw the trending stuff coming through. I was, you know, I was, I was uh, taking some W's away from some of my friends on the golf course. So gotcha. Bigger, Some bigger fish to fry. So I got three questions for you, Muff. Mm -hmm. Question one, have you had a mint julep? I have never in my life had a mint julep.
1: They're delicious. Number two, do you have any interest in going to the Kentucky Derby?
0: I think mid to late 20-year-old Muff would be super pumped to go to the Kentucky Derby and to – Revel in the party going that happens prior to the race, not caring a whole bunch about the race itself, but mid thirties year old Muff is probably going to be a little less excited about it. Unless I've got like a box and an area to hang out in.
1: I would figure that betting Muff would love the Kentucky Derby. Betting,
0: Betting Muff doesn't get into horses.
1: I think this should be a bucket list for the show. Eventually, Muff and Jim need to make it to the Kentucky Derby. I have to buy a bow tie? I have to, like... I don't care. We can go look like jackasses, sip on mint juleps, lose a little bit of money, and bet on horses.
0: Right, because the Kentucky Derby, there are races throughout the entire day.
1: Oh yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's, it is a show. It is not just, you know, the five minutes of the race you see on TV. There is stuff going on all day.
1: Okay. My last question. Mm -hmm. What would you name a horse?
0: Ooh, (laughs) if I had to name a horse, does it have to be a horse named after me? Or does it have to be a horse?
1: You can just name a horse.
0: I can name a horse. I could name a horse. I would call it Muff's Last Ride. Okay. Because we all know that if I'm involved in the naming of a horse, it's probably not going anywhere in the racing community.
1: Right. Well, I figure I'm going to curse at it a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to probably name it Kevin from Michigan. (laughs) Okay. Because when it's if it's from behind and I yell, run you son of a I can say run Kevin, you son of a and I'll feel real good about it.
0: I, I I feel like I'm I'm surprised that you would have the state of Michigan in the name of this horse.
1: Yeah. They gotta win sometime.
0: Oh, so you're that confident that your horse would win?
1: Yeah, well it's my horse. Man's got jokes. so man's got jokes. That's right.
0: So next in the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five, (laughs) we have the Tour Championship in the PGA happening this weekend. We touched on this. Man can't
1: go one episode without golf.
0: We touched on this last week. This is an exciting time in golf. The tour championship is the culmination of the typical season, the traditional season. Um, you know, and now in a COVID-related golf season, there are going to be major championships after this, but the tour championship is the culmination of the regular season of the PGA tour. This is their this well, this is their playoffs now. This is the end of their playoffs. It is taking place at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta. The final round will be contested on Monday. So Labor Day will be the final round. There is an interesting structure that started last year with the tour championship, which is, is, I think you will find interesting, whether or not you admit it or not, I think you'll find it interesting, because they could do something like this in NASCAR, and I think it would make it a whole lot more fun.
1: Are there obstacles or crashes?
0: There are no obstacles or crashes, but there are head starts. Oh, okay. Maybe, all right. So, the tour championship, this last, this last event, only includes the top 30 players. Okay. So if you're thinking in NASCAR, the field is just continuing to be pared down to the top 30. It's it. a staggered leaderboard to start. So the top five golfers in the rankings start out by being ahead of the rest of the golfers. So mm-hmm. the first place guy coming into this weekend, Dustin Johnson, started out at minus 10. John Rahm, who's in second place, started out at minus eight. So it's two strokes ahead. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So they even hit a ball? They haven't even hit a ball yet Okay. in this particular tournament. But because of what they have done up until this time, they start out ahead. Got um, it. And it goes on and down, and then the last the last players and the last group start out at even par. So they actually start out 10 strokes behind the leader before a ball has even been hit. Um, the interesting part is the win- this is a winner-take-all. Whoever wins this event wins – the FedEx Cup, which is, think of it as the World Series.
1: Now, when you say winner takes all, nobody else gets money after the winner? No,
0: that is not true. Winner take all of the, the, the major prize. Okay. So I, I, it's a bit of a misrepresentation when they say winner take all, but that's how they bill it. Um, but the payout for the person who finishes first in this tournament is $15 million.
1: Holy crap.
0: I'm going to give you a guess on what 30th place gets. Two hundred K. They get almost four hundred K, three hundred ninety five thousand just for finishing far off. And just just for finishing in last place in this particular event. And again, this is the top thirty coming into the week.
1: You uh, told me that last week yeah.
0: they got that. I remembered. Yeah, thirtieth remember. yeah, place gets three hundred ninety five thousand dollars just for showing up this week. So it doesn't matter how poorly they play, they still get that money. Um, but
1: is Tiger in this?
0: Tiger did not qualify. Hmm. so again as a reminder we film on sunday nights and as of the end of sunday's round dustin johnson is still winning he's actually at 19 under par and the closest to him are at 14 under par with one round to go so it's looking like dustin johnson is going to get that 15 million dollar payday unless somebody makes a big run or he just craps the bed tomorrow
1: well good on him gonna be rich
0: Well, he's already rich, and he's married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter, so he's he's a winner in life. All right. He had had a bit of a nose candy problem earlier in his career, but, you know, takes out the worst of people, the best of people.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about in the golf world, Jim? Oh, you
1: know what? I wish I could contribute more, but no. Okay. Well... (laughs) For the
0: future, for everybody to understand, there could be some big news coming up in the golf section of the podcast in the coming weeks if we get, uh, you know, a bit of a sponsorship going on. Uh, We have reached out. We've reached out to somebody hoping to uh, see if they want to sponsor a segment, segment which we're going to keep secret. Get this. If it happens. oh, Oh.
1: Get this. So you and I had a conversation about me possibly golfing, right? And I was like, right. Muff, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I got invited after that to participate in a charity golf match, golf game, best ball, Ooh. and I'll be doing that in October.
0: Oh, You're going to play best ball or you're going to yeah. play in yeah, a scramble?
1: Yeah, scramble.
0: Okay. Those are two different formats.
1: Scramble well, scramble
0: know. scrambles your speed. If it's not a scramble, I need you to call me and give me the real details because you may not want to be part of it if it's best.
1: Listen, come October, I'm gonna hit a golf ball and drink beer.
0: Right. That's that's what I do and I golf as well. I just yeah, try but to remain me. competitive.
1: <laughs> so the chance of me ever finding my golf ball again or ending the thing sober, we'll see. One's gonna happen. We'll see like to have
0: some video evidence of this just yeah. for just cool. for my own personal we don't need to share it with the world but i just want to see it
1: we'll have a zoom meeting
0: Do a little facetime action
1: maybe i'll put it on social media
0: if you want everybody to see you golf have at it my man have at it i might we'll see and the last topic on this week's fast five fast five fast five
1: Bam. nick saban now Can't jim take this one away i want to set this up from my perspective driving to work on saturday Marty and McGee, we've talked about them. They're on my radio. And they are like kids in a candy store. Okay? Because they have the goat in their eyes. I've already said they're SEC fans. Nick Saban's calling into the show. And I'm like, ugh, I've been trying to avoid college football, but I like these guys. I want to hear what they do with probably the most serious man on the planet. So I'll take a listen. And they hint, they don't know how he's going to respond to the questions they're going to ask him about the criticism he's taken. And I'm like, how can Nick already be getting criticism if he hasn't even played a game? Turns out, earlier this week, Nick, Coach Nick Saban, led dozens of his football players and, and other athletes on a march to protest social injustice and the recent incidents of police brutality in Alabama. Like, he marched in Alabama. And uh, I got to say, as an Ohio State fan, I kind of dig Nick Saban. And this is what I'm going to say. His comment about this March, he let him up. He was in the front. This isn't like, oh, he met them at the end. Or, oh, he was in the middle. He was right up there. He was with their tailback, Najee Harris, side by side. Their, their players had Defend Black Lives t-shirts, All Black Lives Matter. I mean, he was right there with it. He wasn't hiding. And he's in Alabama. And when he was asked about it, he said, this is what helped me grow. In my role as a leader, my job is to listen to players, to learn from players, and to give them opportunity to do these things and to impact social change today. Today, I'm like a proud parent. Now, the college football uh, conspiracy theorist fan would say, oh, he's doing that to get recruits. I'm telling you, that may be what I read for you off of an article. When I heard him on this interview, the man sounded genuine. He didn't care if it was football. I truly don't think he gives a flying wazoo about this this season. I think he's, he's not happy about Pac-12 and Big Ten not playing. I think he knows the season's a wash. I think he truly cares about making an impact in his players' lives. And he caught – it's Alabama. He caught a ration of hell. Well, as much as Nick Saban can because he's like God down there. But people and, did come
0: out. People speaking out against Nick Saban in Alabama is on the sacrilege.
1: Right. But people did. It was a great interview on Barty and McGee. He was... I want to say he was less serious than I've ever heard him. As far as, like, he wasn't intense. He was truly genuine and spoke about how this is a serious matter. And he cares about his players and he wants to give them a voice. And that's a coach that I didn't see doing something like that. I mean... Nick is famous for removing all distractions. You know what I mean? That's that's his thing. If he could, I think he would eliminate all cell phones, girlfriends, TVs, video games, and all his players would do was focus on a picture of him every night.
0: I mean, that's the image we have. Him and Bear Bryant.
1: Right. So for him to be in the front of a march – that, that that's crazy to me. So good for him. Way to
0: go. Nick Saban.
1: Yeah. And that
0: rounds out this week's edition of the fast five, fast, five, fast, five.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, my favorite time of the show, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the ugly. So, well, the ass, I'm sorry. The good, the bad, and the ass hat. My fault. Yeah, we have a graphic and everything. How do you get this, how do you get this wrong? Because I stole it. The good, the bad, and the ugly, and I just changed it to ass hat. So, you know, I got to change it in my brain. It's hard. So the good. Oscar Lindblom of the Flyers had a rare bone cancer in December, and he was back on the ice for game six. On Thursday. A win. That's a, a win for the Flyers as well. Yeah. That's a feel good story right there. That he had chemotherapy good. to get over this cancer.
0: This 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 is one of those feel good stories that if the Flyers continue on in the playoffs, that's what mo- some things that like movies are made of. That's
1: true. I'd like to see that. That's pretty good. So good. good for him. I'm glad he got over it. I'm glad he's back on the ice. And I feel good about that. So that's our good for this week. It's a feel-good story. Bad. And this happened today. Novik, Djokovic, the tennis star.
0: The joke, the Joker.
1: The joke was on him today, baby. I I don't. I'm not a tennis. I can't explain tennis to you, even if I tried. But essentially, he lost, we call it a match, a set.
0: He lost the match. He was defaulted from the entire match for this.
1: No, no. Before he was defaulted, he lost, I believe, a set. And he, in a bout of anger or disgust, hit a ball backwards at a decent rate of speed and hit a line judge, a female line judge. Clipped her pretty good. In the throat. In the throat. And she goes down.
0: Like a sack of potatoes.
1: And they basically throw him out of the tourney.
0: They say, no more tennis for you, Mr. Djokovic. No more. Djokovic is, is
1: good. This isn't like some schmuck He's playing the, tennis. He was the number one
0: number one, uh, he's, I think he's still the number one ranked player, and he was the number one ranked player for this tournament.
1: Talk about a case of acting like you've been there before.
0: He, he pulled a, a John McEnroe-style tirade. I mean, he wasn't like vocal. I mean, I watched the clip of it. He had, I think, a couple balls in his pocket, which is normal in tennis. You know, when, when they're doing mm-hmm. their thing, they've usually got a couple mm-hmm. balls in their pocket. He was done serving after he had lost whatever the, the set mm-hmm. or the game. I don't. I did. I did that lead up. Um, threw one of them towards one of the the ball people, which is what they do. They usually just throw them at him and then they yeah, have to pick them Catch up it. and do whatever. He had one more there, and he just took a big old whack at it, like you said. And yeah, it was not something that you see often where they are. Usually, they will hit it off to the side of the court or you know in celebration they'll strike one up into the stands or something like that but this was a line drive directly at what he was assuming was just going to be the wall but oh no this This thing was
1: humming yeah oh and she just goes down and you can tell he feels bad which is why he's not the asshat because there is genuine remorse because as that. soon oh as Oh my hit. God, I did something bad. People are going to look at me and this is going to be a PR thing. He felt bad. As soon as it happened, he ran over
0: towards her. Yeah. Like, he was like, oh crap, I didn't even realize there was somebody there. This is bad.
1: Yeah. He goofed. So that's why he's only mid tier. He's not an asshat. He oh, won't be doing that again.
0: I, I, no. <laughs> no, he will not be.
1: I feel But like your you're asshat this, this week. Lesson. Well here's the thing, muff. this is going to be because I was going back and forth, we texted about it. This is going to be an interactive asset. Okay. After, after the show drops,, mm-hmm. we're going to do a poll. all right? And I'm going to let the fans decide between these two in this situation on who is the asset. Okay? Got fan involvement. fan involvement. So here we go on Twitter. I mean, I'm going to do it on both Twitter and Instagram. So here we go. During a Nationals game, umpire Joe West calls security to have Nationals general manager Mike Rizzo ejected. Why you ask for not wearing his mask on the, in the third tier of the stadium in a box. Now, what kind of mask? A safety mask? No, his COVID mask. There's speculation that the GM was yelling down at him about calls and the ump was being a petty little, you know, making a
0: spectacle of it. Which is what Joe West tends to do. He's well known for bringing the spotlight onto himself unnecessarily at times.
1: As you know, I'm not a baseball guy, so Muff had to alert me to the history of Joe West.
0: Shared a a video for Jim from the YouTubes that was entitled Joe West Sucks.
1: But to stop, in my opinion, the slowest sport ever, and call security. Hey, security, go up there. And throw this GM, who, by the way, was by himself in the box, not wearing a mask, outdoors. Wasn't like he was sitting inside in an enclosed area. No, he was standing outside. It's not one of those boxes like hockey up there. We're in an outdoor stadium. He was sitting outside. To stop it, go get security to throw him out. There was nobody up there in that third tier. There's no fans, so I'm sure if he was yelling down, you probably could hear him. I don't think the cardboard cutouts of the fans deadens that sound. Why would you slow that down? Why would you slow the game down? Is your ego that's like hurt by those him yelling down? Now, GM, you know the rules. You can't wear your mask. I'm pretty sure if you yell loud enough, they can hear you through your mask. I yelled at my kid today at wearing a mask. She heard me just fine. Wear your mask. What a bad look for you in the league. Wear your mask, moron. So these two, I'll let you, the fans decide who is the asshat in this situation. Cause both of them are petty and makes baseball Continue to look petty.
0: We've come to the last week. The last week of Jim and I struggling through the divisions in the NFL and how we think things are going to pan out. But before we get to the last division, the AFC North, there are a few things we want to get into that have happened around the NFL in the past week. Um, the rosters are cut. This is the the last week for the, them to reach their 53-man rosters. So, there are always some interesting people that are let go, there's some interesting releases, and there have also been some contract extensions and some signings this week that have been noteworthy. So, I'll start it off real quick with one of the noteworthy contract signings. So, so we'll call this the good. If we're if we're putting in the frame of the good, the bad, and the the asshats, not, the not the not greats, um, <laughs> the good, Deshaun Watson gets an extension from the Houston Texans, four years with a possible 156 million, but 111 million of that is guaranteed. So good for Deshaun. You know who it's bad for? Who? Jerry Jones. It is bad. For anybody that's looking to sign, as far as quarterbacks, there's some other players coming up in the next year. Um, Dak is definitely licking his chops right now about what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And so is actually Jimmy Garoppolo, who had better yeah. stats than yeah. Sean Watson overall last year. So think as, long about as, that. as long as Jimmy G and Dak don't <clears throat> crap the bed this, this year, they should be looking at that money or better.
1: Well, there's a question. Who's going to do better, Jimmy or Dak?
0: Who's going to do better this year? Yep. I believe that Dak is going to have a better stats year this year because Jimmy has been – he works within an offense that is predicated on the run, and Jimmy G just is able to work within that in the play-action game. So I think Dak's, Dak's offense presents him to have better stats overall, just a more explosive offensive game that they play. Um Plus, they've, they're with a new coach, and I feel like it's good. the players are in a better spot because they have a new coach right now. Jason Garrett's no longer there. I just feel like the Cowboys are going to have more fun, and you're going to see that on the offensive side of the ball this year. So I think Dak is statistically going to have a better year. I think the 49ers are probably going to have a better team year, but I think the Cowboys are going to do well overall, and their offense is going to to be one of those high-performing high offenses
1: in the NFL this year. Yeah. Another That's good – good to be named Josh. Good to be named Josh? Good to be named Josh.
0: Are you sure it's
1: good to be named Josh? If you're Josh McCowan, you're getting paid $12,000 a week to sit around in your house in Texas, and you'll be the backup in Philly. You can be that.
0: But if you're Josh Rosen, it is not good to be named Josh.
1: Well, you're still getting paid.
0: Josh Rosen was cut by the Dolphins after being a top 10 pick two years
1: ago. And he just got signed to be the backup to Tom Brady.
0: Yeah. He got signed to be the backup to Tom Brady, which is do all Tom Brady's film study. It's like being the backup to Peyton Manning.
1: Yeah, but you still get to learn. I'm taking it.
0: Fair enough. I still think it's bad for Josh. I still think it's bad for Josh Rosen. Have you seen Blue Mountain State? Of course I've seen Blue Mountain State. It's good to be Josh Rosen. It is not the same in college as, as in the same. NFL. It's the same. I want you to listen to some interesting information that Pat McAfee shares about the backup quarterback for Peyton Manning. They were his minions to do all of his film study for him, and they had to report to Peyton Manning about what they
1: found. He's also on a team with Gronk. It's going to be a party. <sighs> I don't think Tom Brady's part of that party. <laughs> I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to have a good time.
0: It's also good to be on Clowney again. Yeah. Man got signed. Take one year deal with the Titans. Who are a defensive minded
1: team? Who's their coach? Mike Vrabel. Where'd he go to school?
0: Uh, he worked in New England.
1: Where'd he go to school?
0: He went to a school in Ohio.
1: The school in Ohio.
0: but He went to a continue. school in Ohio. Continue. We not, we have, we, listen, We referring back to earlier, I will not formally recognize that unless I get last place in the fantasy league.
1: Right. Yeah. Him and Vrabel, they had a history. Now, because he, he, he was going to go to uh, New Orleans. He, there was th- talks of him going to New Orleans. But Ray will want him over. So Clowney's going to enjoy his time with the Titans. Okay.
0: Then we've got the cuts. Yep. Some of these are cuts and re-signs like Josh Rosen. But you've got Ha Ha Clinton Dix, released by the Cowboys, who just signed him to a three and three-quarter million dollar deal last spring. Which, again, just – I just don't understand how you can sign people to four million dollar deals and then just let them go didn't Washington do that to somebody too? Oh, yeah, Washington let go of Adrian Peterson
1: No they did to somebody else
0: too I'm not surprised i didn't remember this one standing out, but I'm sure it happened
1: it was It was like a receiver somebody like used to play somewhere and they signed him gave him a three a two million dollar signing bonus and then cut him it was dumb.
0: But Adrian Peterson also released by Washington. Signs with Detroit. Signs with Detroit. Goes to the Lions. Yeah. Um, again, he's 35. You don't know where he fits in, in their offensive scheme. He's obviously going to be a, as a part of a, a stable of running backs. He's not going to be the marquee guy, um, not just because of his age, but just because the NFL doesn't work like that so much anymore. It's very rare to have a Derrick Henry type. Um within your backfield so um, I'm just interested to see what happens for him uh, your guys the Patriots get rid of Mohammed Sanu yep who they gave up a second round pick for last year to get him
1: didn't didn't job with Belichick
0: I bet Belichick this is a rare miss for Belichick as far as giving up something for a player <laughs> So, There's
1: no mess. There's no such thing as a mess with Belichick. It's all well, part of his plan.
0: Okay, part of his plan. Cam Newton got named starting quarterback. That happened this past week. Yes, sir. And the last cut that I have, unless Jim has another one to offer, Leonard Fournette, released by the Jaguars and then signs with, who would have guessed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: They're building their own dynasty down there. I'm telling you. Tom's just like, oh, you were once good? Come down here. That's what Belichick did. So I'm going to do the same thing. Come here. I feel like
0: they are taking too many of the older players in.
1: That's what they said about Belichick, too. Remember Randy Moss? Mm, I remember.
0: That was was Randy Moss. And I'm not saying that just because it's Randy Moss, but I'm saying they are bringing in multiple players that have potentially reached – the end, or are waning from their prime. I, I feel yeah. like Tom Tom's bringing in, like, this is like Rocky Six, and Tom's bringing in all of his buddies from back in the day, hoping that they can reclaim glory.
1: It's we'll see. I think he's got the right idea. Just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. I mean,
0: Brady's only got so many years of eating avocado ice cream left, so <laughs> just... We'll see what ends up sticking for him. But do you have any other any other notables before we get into our last breakdown? No,
1: nope, that's it.
0: Okay. Now's the time when we break down the AFC North. It's time to figure out where we're going to go in the end. We're going to have these picks laid out for everybody later this week so you can see our AFC and NFC predictions side by side. Um, I feel like
1: we need the NFL films music at this point. I'll be copyrighted so we can't. But that's what we need right now.
0: And if you're listening to this and I somehow clip that and play it underneath, just remember, I'm a great editor. Um, <laughs> yeah. The AFC North. Last year's standings were the Ravens in a runaway. With Lamar Jackson leading the charge at fourteen and two, the Pittsburgh Steelers at eight and eight, the Brownies at six and ten, and the Cincinnati Bungles, a good old two and fourteen, winning the borough sweepstakes. Yeah, we're gonna break this down. We're gonna start with last place. Last year. Last year with the bungles
1: they got burrow
0: they they did win the burrow sweep well at that point i don't even think everybody thought it was the burrow sweepstakes because that was not not who everybody thought was going to come out of the draft class but they've got burrow they've got a service pool running back in joe mixon people are projecting him to do well this year but he's he's been plagued by injuries in his career so we'll see where that ends up
1: a.j green tyler boyd at receiver t higgins
0: They've got they have they have promise and potential in the skill positions. We'll just see where, where it ends up. I mean, AJ Green is with a good quarterback, is a top ten receiver in my mind. But he has not had a really good quarterback for a while. He's getting up there. He's getting up to like Adrian Peterson, not that much, but he's AJ Green. I still think is a good a good number one receiver.
1: How much younger than Larry Fitzgerald is AJ Green?
0: You're the one that brings this to the table. I put the burden of proof on Jim on this to tell me why he thinks AJ Green might be over the hill.
1: I'm just saying, I remember picking him 10 years ago in a college fantasy draft when he was in Georgia, at Georgia.
0: Was it Georgia?
1: And, like, that was a long time ago, so I know he's getting up there. We'll see. Then they don't have much else after that. They got. You want me to name an Ohio State player? They got Sam Hubbard, who had was ranked twenty seventh for sacks. They ain't got much on defense, Muff.
0: AJ Green's thirty two. So he's 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 not he's no spring chicken. I'll give you that. Their defense is really what's going to hurt him at this point. Um, they gave up over four hundred points throughout the entirety of last year. Um, I don't really see that they did a whole bunch to get better on defense.
1: How many you know, penalty yards did they have?
0: Nah, if you have that stat, then throw it out there.
1: I, I don't have the stat, but I know it's ridiculous. You couldn't watch a game. It was unbearable. I know that because you could see Cincinnati a lot down here on TV. And it was bad.
0: Speaking of bad move on to an historically bad team, the Cleveland Browns.
1: Now, no, now. That's not nice.
0: Is it, is it true?
1: Historically, they are horrible.
0: Okay. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page.
1: On paper? On paper. They are not bad.
0: I agree with you. <laughs> they have underperformed over the past two years. Like, no, but no other team in the NFL in my mind.
1: I tried to take this week and this breakdown unbiased because I know we were gonna have the stiller Ohio thing and I wrote them all down and I was like why aren't the Browns the best team in this league or in this division? I don't get it. you got Baker Mayfield you got Chubb and hunt if and Hunt can stay back, in the league this year right then you got Beckham Landry. Higgins, Devonte people,
0: Austin, Peob- Austin Peoples- Hooper, at tight end, Austin yeah, Hooper, at Austin tight end. Hooper. Who, when he signed, was the highest paid tight end in the league? When he signed with the Browns,
1: you got Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward on defense. Like, why aren't they good?
0: The Browns are gonna brown just like the bungles are gonna bungle. I don't know what else to tell you, man.
1: It's ridiculous. All right. Do you think coaching is the issue for the Browns in this situation?
0: I think it's a mixture of coaching and terrible drafting.
1: That's not true. That can't be true. That cannot be true. Drafting is not the situation right now.
0: Okay. I'm not saying maybe right now. I'm saying over the past 10 to 15 years, I agree, coaching and but drafting they have been the right. issue.
1: They finally got one right. It looks like they have the weapons they need. Baker's a little
0: short. Because they have Baker? That's the one they got right?
1: No, look at all the other ones. Okay, who they've drafted? Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield. Uh, didn't they get Austin Hooper in the draft?
0: No, they signed him from Atlanta. <laughs> they signed O'Veal Beckham Jr. They signed Jarvis Landry.
1: Well, then they played those for draft picks, right? I
0: think they. I think they drafted Nick Chubb, though. And Nick Chubb, I think, is a pretty good running back.
1: So one, two, three, three three. Three draft picks that are decent weapons. Correct. And they've had to give him some draft space to get some of these signs. Let's move on, Muff. I'm
0: going to let you pick the next team, because I'm going to let
1: you choose where we go last. To be honest with you, they both stack up pretty even in my head. I'm going to go with the Steelers simply because I think they have less to talk about.
0: Okay. I'm going, let, I'm going to let you lead that then if you think there's less to talk about.
1: You got Big Ben a
0: quarterback. Big Ben coming back from a season-ending injury last year.
1: And I think they we just picked up a quarterback today for the Steelers.
0: They released Devlin Duck Hodges and re-picked up Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, who was with them, and they released last year.
1: And then you got a solid receiving core? You have a young receiving core. But solid. I'm not going to
0: go solid. Juju Smith-Schuster is the only proven entity in that in there. Deontay Johnson was a rookie last year, came on well. James Washington has a history of the drops, unfortunately.
1: But the, would you put those three against Cleveland's three? Who's better? Cleveland's three would be better. Okay, fine. And then TJ Watt is what I put on here. What did I miss? Uh, Steelers fan James Conner running back. I said that. I didn't hear you say James
0: Conner running back. Um, They've they've been kind of searching for good tight ends to fit their system over the past few years. Um, They've landed now on Eric Ebron, who they're bringing over from Indianapolis. We'll see how that goes. They've still got Vance McDonald, who was supposed to be the next talent, but has only had flashes of brilliance. Um, defensively, we'll just see what ends up happening here. Um, you do have TJ Watt. You've got some some guys that are, I think, coming up on contract years, and like Bud Dupree. Um, you've got Devin Bush coming into his second year, and linebacker who's filling in for Ryan Shazier. That's kind of his spot. So that's it's kind of where we'll go with it, Devin Bush. You've got Cameron Hayward, another – Another guy that Jim would uh, tap is probably the best, one of the best players in the league because he's from a university in Ohio. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, who was probably one of the best moves the Steelers has made over the past two years by giving away a first-round draft pick to get Minka Fitzpatrick, um, kind of bol- bolstering their defense. So um, That's where those are. So there's, I, I understand I probably have more to talk about here just because I follow the Steelers. So a bit, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. We can move on to the Ravens now.
1: So this one, you got Lamar Jackson. You got Mark Ingram. Mm -hmm. You also have J.K. Dobbins there. And I know the Ohio State thing. I want you to ignore that right this second. okay? Because Harbaugh, the other brother, even brings up J.K. Dobbins at that position. Mm -hmm. That's why I bring him up. Marquise Brown, you got Snead, you got Miles Boyke, and Mark Andrews at tight end. And that's about it, right? Marquise Brown.
0: I said that. I know. He, he, to me, is going to be what makes their offense happen or not this year. I think he's kind of a linchpin of can they get that downfield wide receiver option.
1: That's, you think Lamar's going to stay in the pocket long enough to get him the ball?
0: It doesn't matter if he's in the pocket. If he's outside the pocket and can throw the ball, he's the one that's going to break people on in, the, in their receiving core. Marquise Brown will. To me, he's just the one that's going to make it run. If there's no viable downfield threat, then they can come and step up on Lamar when he comes out of the pocket without being concerned about a deep a deep ball. Um, so that's just, that's just where I think. Mark Andrews, I think, is one of going to be one of the better tight ends all said and done this year. Um, he, I mean, he was great last year. I just think that if he's going to have a real statistical breakout year this year, he's going to potentially be in that top five. Um, I honestly think that's where he's going to end up. We'll see. I can be proven wrong later. Um, defensively. But on paper,
1: yeah. offensively, the weapons advantage Browns. I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> okay, continue. Where's the defense at for the Ravens?
0: I mean, they had the best points again in the division last year. When you are just beating the brakes off of people by 20 points and they're forced to throw the ball, your linemen can pin their ears back and go for the quarterback, and your DBs can be looking to pick the ball. So when teams are blowing people out by that much, I think it's interesting to see how they come back the next year. If they're in tight games, is the defense still going to play as well as they did? Because it's, it's just low risk for them to, you know, to make – make a break on a receiver's route whenever you're up 20. What's the worst that can happen there? They get like a 25-yard gain. Well, if they kick a field goal, it's not going to make a difference when you're up 20. Um, For me, I just – for the Ravens, I think it's going to be an interesting year because you have a whole year for defensive coordinators to figure it out, um, to put new schemes together that will be aimed at causing havoc for Lamar Jackson. Um, That second year is the year whenever you find out if a quarterback in the NFL – was just able to get through because they had the defenses hadn't figured it out yet, or if they are a true threat in the position. So this is going to be Lamar Jackson's. Um, it's not make or break year, but it's going to be the year where you find out if he's if he's ready to take that next step in the NFL. All right, buddy. We have come to the time where we have our picks. Last, gonna, last place. We'll start at the end. Last place.
1: The Bengals. I have to. I have to you agree? agree? With you. I agree.
0: I have the Bengals finishing at five and eleven.
1: I sure. I got them at six and ten. In third place.
0: I'm, I'll, 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 go, I'll go. go first. I'll go first this time. I have the Browns. Still can't get right this year.
1: I have the Steelers.
0: Okay, I have the Browns finishing seven and nine.
1: I have the Steelers at nine and seven.
0: Apparently this is going to be a pretty competitive division in Jim's eyes. In second place.
1: I have the Browns. I have the Steelers in second place this year. The Browns are ten and six. That's
0: the record I have.
1: Steelers, ten and six for the Steelers, for me. And then I we both have the Ravens, and I got them at eleven and five.
0: And that is the winning record I have as well, eleven and five. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up the shallow dive that we have taken throughout the NFL over the past eight weeks. Um, It's been a roller coaster. Jim Jim called in some ringers to help him do research. I continue to to rely on the minimal time I prepare for the NFL, Um, hoping to gain more insight into my fantasy football drafts than anything else in this. So we will see over the course of this season how this pans out. Are we picking uh,
1: early projections for the Super Bowl month?
0: Super Bowl early projections, sure, why not? We'll do
1: this off the cuff. Let's make it happen. I mean, I gotta do uh, the Patriots. Jim's gonna take
0: the Patriots from the AFC. It's it's tough for me to go against the yeah. Chiefs. It's tough for me to go against the Chiefs. I'm gonna say the Chiefs. Chiefs are represent the AFC.
1: Ugh. NFC. Ugh. That's
0: hard. The NFC is going to be tough. I don't think the 49ers are coming out this year. I don't think they're the team that's going to come out of the NFC. Although, I mean, they do have a great defense. I just just don't think it's going to be their year. Um, Now I've got to go back to the NFC projections here as we're chatting.
1: I know. That's what I'm doing. I'm
0: going to make sure I don't screw this up.
1: You know what I want? I want Tampa Bay. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the showdown that would be the money.
0: Well I don't know if your record for Tampa Bay gets them into the playoffs, Jim. Hey, I
1: don't think it does.
0: <laughs> I think that's the bigger issue.
1: But to be fair, like I didn't see uh, I didn't see Tom inviting all of his friends down. So that's not fair. When we started this, that wasn't a thing. So, I've,
0: I've got a dark horse. My dark horse to make it from the NFC, the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Okay. That's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. I'm going to take a dark horse, too. I'm going to go to the Vikings.
0: I mean, we both had them winning that division, so we we both think highly of them in that, in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> At least to win the division. That doesn't mean that we thought they would be that that far in the playoffs, but no, that's we both yeah, in,
1: the NF, in the NFC. We're both picking
0: some high odds here. I think.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I'm going to go. My early, my early
0: pick. This is early. This is early, people. A lot can, can happen in the next 17 weeks before we get to the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So there you go. We'll see what happens.
0: There it is. Let it be writ. More information coming soon. Graphics to follow so you all can follow us on our social media at sports muff on Instagram and Twitter. Again, stay in the shout outs and the mentions tweet at us. There's the fantasy football league. We better see a little bit of trash talk going on. Make it happen. Um, Make sure you uh,
1: vote on the asset.
0: Vote, take a vote. And I have, I have a problem first as we're finishing up this episode. I did a vote. I did a vote on Saturday I went out golfing all day Saturday, right? I give everybody an over-under on my score. Uh-huh. So I think I set the over-under at, let's see, I think it was one sixty. 106? Oh, no, it was one sixty.
1: Oh, I yeah, got my numbers mixed up. 167.
0: 167, the over-under at 167, both on par 72 golf courses. I'm about a 12 handicap. Realistically, on those courses, I should be shooting mid-80s mid 80s from where we were. So which is why I gave, you know, 167. Your boy here shoots 161 over those two rounds. Let me let me tell you, there were six votes and all but one of them voted that I was going to shoot over 167. I only have one believer. There's only one believer in the crowd that thinks that I can put together a couple good golf rounds, so... we
1: got a lot of people who troll us, Ma. I mean, everybody thought I was going to pick way more high State people. Okay, first off,
0: I think I set people up to think you were going to pick more high State people.
1: I mean, what you want to do? All I'm I gonna also, say is,
0: I feel like people underestimate my golf game a little bit.
1: Well, I don't know what you want me to tell you. You kind of downplay your golf game.
0: I do downplay my golf game in hopes that we can get some sponsors that maybe you know toss a little good things at me so i hear you sponsors question mark why not you (laughs)
1: uh a little teaser for next week i think next week we set a date for the wake
0: i think it's about that time we've we've talked about october yep next
1: Uh, week we set a date
0: you apparently have a golf a golf
1: endeavor in october Yep. So we're gonna plan it around that. But uh, let's let's set a time. You get bring your schedule. I'll bring my schedule. We'll have we'll have a, a date for the fans with more details because we've been teasing it long enough. We will put it in stone for the fans next week.
0: Time to figure it out. Yep. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening to this longer than normal episode of Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Stay tuned next week as we break down as much as we can the first week in the NFL. We have week one of the NFL, We're talking about some uh, fantasy matchups, we won't be able to put out final scores probably, but we'll be able to troll some bad lineup choices.